0: Thank you so much for tuning in. This is so much fun. I have a new guest with me today. I invited Linda Bell to come in this past week. Um, the Early Childhood Finance and Policy Division heard a bill called the Great Start for All Minnesota Children Act, which is anything but, and this is House File 1, this was a top priority for the Democrats to put this in place. Uh The weird thing about when they came out and introduced their priorities for the legislative session, House File 1 was just a few pages long, I mean, which is unheard of, there were already seen omnibus bills after omnibus bill after omnibus bill um everywhere and which by the way they ran on this past election year, they ran on not having omnibus bills, but we 're seeing boatloads of them uh, so so I decided you know what there 's a lot of really important stuff in this, and I tell you guys over and over how much we hate the home visiting, how much money they waste on ridiculous stuff um, about about home visits, about data collection, about all these different things, so I thought, you know I ha- now. House File 1 has morphed into triple the size it started out. And I thought, Linda Bell, you're just who I need to come <laughs> in and tell the listeners. Hi, Linda Bell. Welcome. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> um, you started out fighting Common Core many years ago. And now here you are fighting uh, the great start for all minnesota children act what a nice cute little
1: name that has it's anything but absolutely and and, you know i thank you for having us on again you know it this is a very little known bill to most minnesotans but it has far-reaching consequences in its own merit and i know that uh, representative munson was just talking about the ccap fraud well the funding for the ccap fraud is in house file one no yes
0: listen to that people the funding voting for CCAP is in House File 1. Okay, this is where I'm going to give you an action alert. You have to call your senators or you have to call your House of Representatives because they're House File 1. You have to tell them do not vote for this. You also have to tell them CCAP needs to be shut down. Now, House File 1, this bill that has morphed into this octopus of bad ideas the with tentacles into everything the really crazy thing about this there's no appropriations listed for this by the time they're done this is going to be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars probably i'm well over half a billion dollars i bet anyway linda go ahead and and, and explain to people what's in this bill and why it's so bad
1: well sure so House File 1, again, is a great start for All Minnesota Children Act. It's an all-encompassing transformation of Minnesota by incentivizing expectant mothers, home visits to three years old, babies and toddlers going into the schools and Head Starts, essentially covering all of early childhood to five years old, and then incentivizing the opening of federally aligned daycares, as well as those organizations who will push implementation through our state. So it's a really, really big bill. It encompasses everything. And you're right. Procedurally, uh, a week and a half ago, this was an eight-page bill. And now it is a 25-page monstrosity. I brought it. It's 25 legal legal-size pages of uh, badness. And so uh, and this now, is just one bill. This is just one bill. Giving <laughs> incredible
0: powers, incredible powers to the government, yep. impacting not only... Uh, early education, not only pre-K, we're talking birth, birth
1: on. Birth. And, and so what happened at that committee meeting, um, the hearing, we, it was passed it was laid over for inclusion into the omnibus bill so house file one is a super dangerous bill because we passed the first committee deadline there are six clone bills of house file one what floating on. a clone bill means that uh, there are exact replicas floating around under other other titles other numbers just to make it hard for us to track these bills and we are we are worried that there may be some bills in the senate that are single subject bills that when put back together will come back to the 25 page bill or or may approximate almost to this okay. 25 page So house file 1 25 pages is was put into what omnibus bill This is it it's coming through the early education committee now It will go into the health committee's likely and it may have to make a stop into the education committee but I believe early education always comes under the education bills So okay.
0: Okay, so folks, you got to pay attention to this. Tell us some of the bad stuff that's in there.
1: Well, sure. So starting off, there's five parts to this bill, and the second part is home visits. Um, This incentivizes expected mothers. Why
0: would you let government into your house, people? (laughs) Why? Have you learned nothing?
1: mothers of young children however old that is to receive home visits the funding is 23 million in 2020 41 million in 2021 and 98 million in 2023 so they expect this is really going to pick up
0: 200 million dollars to
1: send people into your homes yep um oh my gosh And so, uh, the home visits are for the purpose of something called health equity. And you might be visited by a nurse, a social worker, a teacher, a psychologist, or a paraprofessional. And that's in the bill. And, uh, it seeks to expand or start. There are grants now that will seek to expand or start, uh, home visiting programs and, uh, which help, uh, which are helped along through community and regional partnerships. Of so, course they are. Uh, you right. Of course, nonprofits, they are. think tanks, community health boards, right. of which
0: the Democrats are very juiced into.
1: Um, and then this is related to Article One, which is the uh, prenatal care and utilization, which is focused primarily on those in need those those who who need assistance, and and we can get behind that. But is also part of existing language that closes the gaps between a certain income level and another income level, and and you know. Uh, Why we have to do this, I don't understand, Sue, because why don't we just flat out come out and say that some people need assistance and give them funding for the assistance. Instead, we're going to bring some people up, we're going to bring some people down, we're all going to be at a level playing field when it comes to medical provisions for you and your family. And, um, you know, where is that going? What is that going to look like when government is in charge of not just the funding, But funding, but also the policies behind all that funding. So, what if you want to go to an alternative doctor? What if you want to go to a chiropractor? What, as a parent, if you want to uh, have your, uh, there's a disagreement about what the doctor wants to do with your child's health care decisions. You know, who's going to win, the state or the parent?
0: The state, every time. We've seen this, we've seen this show.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing the state also. So those are some of the questions we have not just for the home visits but also for the monies for the baby to 5 programs in the schools who whose values are going to win out there when you actually put them in. Um Article 3 is the uh, early care and development it establishes a new permanent fund in our state treasury called the Great Start Fund and the whole purpose
0: another slush fund. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the whole purpose is to fund uh, the early learning scholarships, which is for babies' birth to three in the schools or head starts so that's that 's a lot of that uh, that particular article then four and five the articles are early learning and child care availability. This seeks to enroll babies and toddlers into the public schools, and the head starts um, that if, that funding extends from low income families up into the upper middle class. Uh, the numbers used in the original bill was 400% of the federal poverty income level, which is $100,000. annual income for a family of four right now that funding is at 185 percent of federal poverty income level which is $37,000 for a family of four so you can see how this has really jumped in appropriations
0: I'm from the government and I'm here to help no they're not people you're the parent be the parent it just troubles me so much when I when I think how involved government wants to get in people's lives and they obviously don't trust parents to raise their children children. Uh, You talk about your church or your community or your charity. Instead, you have a one-size-fits-all program that comes in straight from the government. We're going to take a quick break here. Linda Bell has lots more to tell us. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good afternoon everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have my friend Linda Bell in. She's talking about House File 1, the Great Start for All Minnesota Children Act. It had its first public hearing last week um, in the Early Childhood Finance and Policy Division. She outlined the five sections of this horrible bill. It is a horrible bill. It should be crushed like the disaster that it is. Uh, She outlined the prenatal care in Article 1, the home visit. for pregnant mothers and mothers with young children in Article 2. Article 3 was the Great Start Fund, Slush Fund, establishing permanent treasury fund for the purpose of funding babies birth to age 5 in schools and Head Start. She talked about the early learning, including... Oh, we didn't really cover that too much, but we will. Um, the early learning, including the CCAP and child care block grants. Uh, that's, that's just crazy. That's. Crazy, there is so much fraud out there, I can hardly stand it. We'll focus on the daycare fraud in a second um in in just a minute, and I know representative Munson and I talked about it a little bit too. We'll talk about it more, but Linda, can you focus a little bit on number five where and that's the focus on the on the preschool part so this is the birth to to pre k basically.
1: Sure. Um, so Article 4 and Article 5 have a lot of the different grants. These are all different funding streams that are coming, you know, in different ways that parents can um, take advantage of, and other people have taken advantage of it in the wrong way. Um, but I wanted to also mention that there's a very large fund. Well, it's actually a grant now that's going to be established. It's called the Greater Minnesota Child Care Facility Capital Grant Program. Say that quickly five times. (laughs) Uh, This grant money is only going to be used if you are federally aligned with your program in a number of ways and can be used for land acquisition. You can use it for architectural pre-design or design, renovation, construction, furnishing, and equipping facilities to provide uh, care for these very young ages. So this can be used as a startup fund to build buildings, Uh, Perhaps go into the schools and 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 uh, lay out daycares in the schools. Um, This is just a big community service schools. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's just a it's it's quite a lot of funding right there. Um and so then we get down to you want to talk about preschool. Um,
0: yeah, or? just one second though. I wanna I wanna stop for one second
1: because there has
0: been um I wanna thank Jennifer Parrish. Jennifer Parrish is out of Rochester and she has been talking about how openly hostile um yeah. DHS has been towards family child care providers. And Jennifer Parrish has pointed out over and over and over again they've lost thirty plus percentage of these home family, child care providers just in the eight years and the home, Family child care providers have been begging the legislature to intervene. They've talked, they've talked over and over and over about the horror stories, about the, the fraud and the, and the disrespect and everything that they're seeing that continues at DHS. And it's the idea that there is legislation over at the Capitol that is giving the, that is giving DHS even more authority and complete oversight over this kind of stuff is absolutely ridiculous dhs has regularly regularly demonstrated dishonesty a complete lack of transparency and due process it's just more power more money and no accountability for an agency that is rife with fraud it's just astonishing yep Okay, now I'll let you talk about pre-K, <laughs> which is another ridiculous thing.
1: Well, I I think I mentioned to you earlier. I, I was really expecting to see Universal Pre-K come in first, to come in the in the door first, because first we had we had half day kindergarten, and then the state incentivized full day kindergarten, so it would be free for all parents. And you see, it happened within a year. Everybody was in on full day kindergarten, free daycare, free. Every time something is free, free with air, and, quotes, right, air quotes. And the government is incentivizing, dangling that carrot, um, you know, people take take advantage of it and You know, I just want people to think a little bit about that because there's always a stick that will come behind that carrot. And there are regulations in all of these uh, grant monies, like the Early Learning Scholarships. There are regulations in the grant monies, there's regulations in this 25-page bill. If you are three years old or or even older coming into the school districts, you're going to have to take the preschool screenings. And you don't get to opt out. Maybe you wanted to go to your own doctor to do a preschool screening. Maybe you've already had that done. But they want that. That will kick off the. Uh...
0: I'd homeschool. I'd homeschool, <laughs> Linda. I would homeschool. I, I I tell that to my kids. When I have grandbabies, I'll homeschool them because I am just I am just horrified by the things that happen in our schools. And and I've said this before that I would shut down Minneapolis and St. Paul public schools. Shut them down. They have such a rate of failure. I can hardly stand it. Um, I remember when my kids were younger. I have two children who are less than a year apart in age and they both turned five in September. So they both could have, they could have been in the same year in, I suppose this is not allowed to say anymore, but in the old days they called them Irish twins because they were less than a year <laughs> apart. Um, but they could have been in the same grade. And you know what? Daycare is very, very expensive. And I could have bought a new car or I could have kept my youngest in Daycare for another year. Uh, you know what? That's what I chose to do. I chose to keep my child, uh, out of the same grade that her brother was in for good reason so they could have sure. their own identities. They sure. were, they were both, and one was a boy and one was a girl. So there were some. You know, things there too, but I wanted them to have their own identity. I wanted them to have their own set of friends, their own everything. And, and no way would I let government decide that. It just, it amazes me. People think, Oh, I get free daycare. This is great. Oh, I'll let government make that decision. I talk to parents nowadays who are afraid to walk into their child's schools because they're not allowed. Can you ever imagine being afraid to no. walk into your child's no. school? No, I can't. I, I can't either. And I was yeah. president of the Pike Lake PTA in my day. And yeah, we we well, we well, ruled the roost. Yeah, but that's another story.
1: Exactly. Another well, you know, I know there's there's got to be a lot of really good preschool teachers out there that love kids. But the fact of the matter is our preschoolers are now being expected to be on devices. We have some school districts where they sit on devices all day. And this is counterintuitive to the young mind and uh, brain development. brain development and it's not it's just not appropriate let them be kids let them be kids and let them get outside and play let them You know, play in the sand, let them swing and slide and all of those wonderful things.
0: Uh, Take a nap if they want to. Exactly. (laughs) Um, There was a bill held over Tuesday by the House Early Childhood Finance and Policy Division for possible inclusion in the omnibus bill. It required preschool teachers be subject to the same license requirements as K through 12. That means they're going to be licensed, which costs some more money. Right. They're going to have uh, education requirements, which costs more money, uh, which will drive up the costs. But lucky they allocated over $200 million for it.
1: I don't know how they're going to have all of these uh, uh, educated elementary early, early learning teachers ready to go. I and, don't know. Yeah.
0: And they'll be union members.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Oh,
0: count yeah. on it. Yeah. I, it <laughs> says it right in this story. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: Well, so, so really, yeah, preschool, you know, is something to really consider. Maybe you don't put your kids into preschool or maybe, you know, but we certainly don't want to have universal preschool. It's whatever works for families. Really that families should be in the decision making, you know, boat and we want options. We don't want mandate mandates. And, right. Right. So. Government
0: one size fits all does not work for every family.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And mama
0: bears and papa bears, you're going to have to be strong or they're going to roll right over you.
1: That's right. That's right. And as far as the uh, CCAP fraud, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. You know, like you said, it appears DHS has known about this for years and years. Mm -hmm. I caught the video this morning with uh, Representative Mark Coran stating that $254 million are already in the CCAP fund. I mean, it's a huge, huge program. It's rife for fraud. The OIG director doesn't even know the names of her investigators, um, you know, this is the Fire. whole point. This is the whole point of her, of her office is to investigate fraud, to be accountable
0: for our tax right. dollars. They right. have no respect for thank, our tax thank dollars. Thank
1: goodness for Scott Stillman for standing up and whistleblowing on this. I
0: know I thank him each and every day. He, yeah. And absolutely. I don't know if we're going to have the backbone from the legislature to shut this down. I don't know how we, how we stop this, this fraud. It's just, it's really, really unbelievable. Um, we talked about, we talked about being over at the Capitol, um, and you had talked to some of the, um some of the people who had testified before some of these committee hearings. Yes. Can you believe how disrespectful some of the legislators are? How they're on their cell phones, they're not paying any attention, they're ignoring this rampant fraud, they're looking at you like you have horns and a tail, and it just drives me absolutely crazy how disrespectful and condescending they are towards anyone who doesn't support their big government scheme.
1: Well, cell phones have become a big distraction for for. For the majority of our population, already, I agree, Sue. Though uh, you know, our legislators should not be sitting on our f- on the phones on the cell phones So what,
0: committees. What can we do to put to try to put a stop to this House File One? What well, can we do?
1: Well, first of all, the senators have got to stop it. They have got, there's got to be a wall there where the Senate says, no, we're not going to put this through. Unfortunately, we've got some Republicans in the Senate that are signed on to some of these bills. Who?
0: Who? I want names. I want names. You want names? I want names. Who? Okay, Jim Abler. Jim! I just complimented him earlier I, I, on a data of privacy. I just can't one.
1: believe they've done this, Michelle Benson.
0: Michelle
1: I and uh, Scott too. Jensen. Scott, J- you watch him. He—I don't know. He's kind of. I, I just, you know, and then there's Justin Icorn. I don't know him. Jerry Ralph. Don't know him. Um, but I'm gonna. I—I um, I I can't remember any of the others. You know what? But it just I'm takes a few you... with with a division so close, right? Between the Republicans, it and the takes Democrats. two. It only
0: takes two before we lose out on this. And there is absolutely no way... This bill should see the light of day. And if it's buried in an omnibus bill, I don't care what's in that omnibus bill. You senators are going to have to find your backbone and you're going to have to say, nope, we're going to put a stop to this. It's not happening. Just because there's something good in that garbage bill, in that omnibus bill, I don't care. You're going to have to demand a standalone vote on that one and you're going to have to say no to this omnibus bill.
1: Agreed. Thank you. Uh, Linda,
0: thank you so much. Will you keep us updated on what's happening with this bill? What we can do to help. And maybe I'll have you text me or email me or something, those names, and I'm going to yell at those Republican senators. (laughs) And by the way, folks, there's never been a, a year that it's more important for you to actually do something. You're going to have to contact the senators and the members of your House of Representatives, and you're going to have to say you have to put a stop to this. You have to put a stop to this bill. We can't take it anymore. Thank you so much, Linda. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Sue. Uh, Coming up next, I want to talk about some of the things that I didn't get to, uh, during, well, the first hour and a half. I also get this. I want to talk about pot. I want to talk about vaccines. I want to talk about the pre-K prison pipeline. I want to talk about, well, I got all kinds of things that I want to talk about. So, yeah, we better narrow that down because there's only another half hour left. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in really really appreciate you listening uh before we wrap up on education stan do you know i never once gave out the phone number never once i had jeremy sitting right here with me i had linda sitting right here with me so the listeners could have called in asked questions told us stories never once gave out the the phone number So 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855 if you want to weigh in on anything we talked about for the last hour and a half or coming up. Well, you
2: mentioned the legislative increase as far as the pay, and I'm sure that's (laughs) going to probably likely happen soon. Of course it will. But they just raised all the fees on, you know, snowmobiles, four wheelers, yep. fishing license. Yep. Guess who got that big raise last year? The DNR officials. <laughs> so uh, now it's now it's the legislators. Yeah,
0: turn. yeah, yeah. It never ends. More for them, less for us. More for them, less for us. And they squander it on the most ridiculous stuff. So this past week we saw um. A huge college admissions scandal. And hopefully this is going to open the door for Congress to take a look at, um, ways the wealthy have long bought their kids way into college. Uh, this was such an interesting story. Gosh, I never saw this one coming. But when you think about it, look at it's March. When you think about it, there was a judge telling Lori Laughlin, the Hallmark lady, um, she had to surrender her passport in December. So I don't know if this never got out, if people covered up the story, if they were waiting for something bigger, bigger or what, but there are a lot of things that need to be addressed. In higher ed and of course, legacy admissions and and donations and athletics and affirmative action i mean there are all kinds of things you talk about the the high cost of college the the skyrocketing cost to get in get into college and what people don't understand is the government spends seventy five billion dollars a year on on higher ed, and students are 1.5 trillion dollars in ha- they have 1.5 trillion dollars in student loan debt and you're starting to see more and more and more uh, a bailout and i just feel like such a sucker because i worked so hard and saved so hard to make sure my kids could go to go to t- college and i made sure my kids worked while they were at college um and and you've got a federal government right now that controls 90% of all the loans that are out there Part of that money is to go to pay for Obamacare, you know, uh, and and the whole point being is rather than address the skyrocketing costs of college, and if you get a a, a good product, paying to go there which is a whole nother question, Um, you're getting people looking at bailing out people with high student loan fees. I got to tell you, I I have no sympathy for a person who says I have $100,000 in student loans. You signed on that dotted line. You signed on that dotted line. You have to pay the piper then or you pay the piper now, but you have to pay the piper plus interest. And yeah, it means you might not get to buy a new car. You might not get to buy a house. You might not get to buy or you might not get to get married or go on a vacation or whatever. It's a, a harsh, harsh lesson that people really, really have to have to learn. Um There's a couple of bills going on over there. There's a omnibus E through 12 education policy bill that's um, 25 bills sponsored by Democrat lawmakers 10 bills sponsored by Republican lawmakers what does that tell you right there folks it tells you don't vote for the omnibus E-12 education bill, it means there's a whole lot of really bad things inside there. You're also going to get a higher education bill that's going to be another omnibus bill with a whole bunch of really bad ideas in there. I talked about one of the bills maybe a month or two ago, how they're going to give tax credits for people with, with student loans. Um, you know, $500 here, $500 there. Well, yes, that helps. It does nothing nothing to reduce the high cost of of college and it yeah it's it's just absolutely crazy absolutely crazy this week over at the capitol too did you i don't know if anyone saw this um friday a bunch of high school kids they had what they called a youth climate strike and I don't they weren't striking they were just skipping school of course they picked it on a school day so a whole bunch of kids uh, poured over to the Capitol steps and they were yelling give us what we need renewables not corporate greed and they were saying we speak for the trees and Ilhan Omar uh, got up there and and spoke and she said we face the greatest threat that humanity has ever faced climate change. Give me a freaking break. I can't Hardly stand it. I want to give kudos to the American Center, the Center for the American Experiment. They re- released a study showing us what renewable energy mandates and how they will impact us, how they will cost us so much money, how they will sacrifice so many jobs, all while failing to deliver on any improvements to the climate, on any changes, on any of the climate, um, promises that, that, and this is, Remember, Governor Waltz wants to see 100 percent renewable energy by 2050. The Center for American Experiment only looked at 50 percent. So that is just absolutely crazy. And and think about this. The very same people who were over at the Capitol are te- either testifying or at the youth climate strike. They believe in, imagine- an, in an imaginary climate emergency, but they don't believe that millions of illegal aliens are a problem. I mean, think about that. Just think about that. Um, I, I get really frustrated when I see these kids who are so freaked out and so stressed out and so worried about their, fe- about their, that they only have 12 more years to act before they, before the world ends because of the climate disaster. And I told you a couple of weeks ago, I put up a, on my Facebook page, an article from the AP from 1989. That said, we have to act before 2000 or the world's gonna burn up. So we've seen this song and dance before. It's such an overreaction. I am disgusted with the teachers, the parents, the politicians who have scared these children into thinking that, that, that the world is gonna burn up in 12 years and they, they have to ask. I want us to have a more rational, discussion of the impacts that these renewable energy mandates are going to have on not only not only our uh, our pocketbook but on our lifestyle i i want people to look at Think back to the polar vortex, and I want you to think back to how cold it was. And even with natural gas and coal and nuclear, we had areas in Minnesota who they had to turn the heat off to 150 homes in in Princeton. They warned people of brownouts. They warned people to turn their temperature down to 60 degrees. Is that how you want to live? Is that how you want to live? This report that came out by the Center for the American Experiment It said, doubling down on failure, how a 50% by 2030 renewable energy standard would cost Minnesota $80.2 billion. And that's only a 50% renewable energy. Not only would it cost $80.2 billion, it would cost each Minnesota household $1,200 per year through 25th. Through 2050, the household electric bills would increase by $372 per year. It would destroy 20,000, almost 30,000 jobs by 2050 and reduce Minnesota's GDP by $3.1 billion every single year. This is ridiculous people, and you have to expose it for the fraudulent scheme that it is i i'm i've been i've been telling you for the last year or so that m p r and Star Tribune and all these Media sources have been doing story after story after story about global warming and climate change and all this kind of stuff. They are fired up and they are ready to go. And our side isn't out there enough to be able to say, organized enough to be able to say, or articulate enough to be able to say, time out. Wait a minute. I put up another um article, I think, this week about... um global warming and it was that was just this week two weeks ago it was the article from the ap from 1989 uh, that said if we don't act by the year 2000, which, by the way, it's 2019, people, 2019. Um, but the article article that I posted yesterday gave examples going all the way back to the 1970s. And they had one from 1973, one from 1979. And all you have to do is do a little bit of studying, and you can, should be able to tackle this. The next time you see a kid... Tell you that if adults won't take climate change seriously, we're going to strike and we're going to address this and we're going to make you address that. I want you to look them in the eye and say, in the last hundred years, the temperature changed maybe, maybe one degree. How has that negatively impacted our life? How has that negatively impacted our world? The bottom line, it hasn't. And these scary computer models, shame on them, shame on them, shame on them. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk. Oh, let's talk a little bit about Trump because there's some stuff going on that I think we should. I know I try to focus on Minnesota, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Trump. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. afternoon everyone thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate you listening i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show stan 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 Uh. stan anybody who thought the gopher basketball team was going to win the final form basketball it's going to be a long shot huh
2: yeah, I think so. They got yeah. crushed by Michigan earlier.
0: Crushed really bad. I was so excited. Uh, Thursday night, they won Maryland. Friday night, they won Purdue. And then they played today, Michigan. And, yeah, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't close. And I heard
2: we may have to play Duke in the second round. No! we you make the tournament and win our first game? So, you know, it's one of those uh, going to get our hopes up and then come crashing back to reality, well, I'm guessing. Go, go first.
0: I am pretty excited to have the the March Madness here. Um um, those games are just amazing. You watch yep. those guys, those kids play their hearts out.
2: And yep, I'm sure we'll have some games coming up on the fan in here. And then we got Gophers hockey at 5:30 tonight. They're in the semifinals of the Big Ten hockey tournament. So.
0: Yep, and they've had an up and down year as well. I, um, Stan, and I will try to keep you posted on when we get bumped for sports. We think we looked at the schedule today and we said, "Yep, we're not going to get bumped anymore." Yep. And then we looked at the schedule again and said, "Okay, we might." Thing. Yeah, and it's going to be a day-by-day thing, so I'll try to keep you posted. Just remember, you can always hear it on the We're just podcast. like
2: athletes, you know, we're on a day-to-day basis, you know, we never know when we're coming back.
0: And so you've only got a half hour for your show, yep. You're gonna, what are you going to get in there?
2: Uh, Northwest Sports Show starts Thursday, oh, so everything fun. fun for the outdoors, hunting, fishing, camping, resorts, boats, Do you know what cars. this weekend
0: is, Dan? The auto show.
2: Yes, it is. I'd like to go down there, too. They
0: made us go down there. I hated broadcasting from the auto show. I loved walking around. I loved looking at the new cars. I loved talking to the people. But it was so hard to broadcast a show from there. And it took us... I
2: think John and Andrew were out there this week.
0: Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that early? Yeah. Wow, well, good for them. Mm-hmm. I, I never minded the personal appearances out there. Darkness, Dave and I would go out, oh, we had so much fun. Uh, but yeah, it is hard to do a broadcast from there. Okay, there's a lot of stuff going on. It seems like things are are just at the speed of light. And you know who's um, who's had a tough month is Representative Ilhan Omar. And I could have done... A segment on her every single week of her anti-Semitic behavior, of her embarrassing the state of Minnesota, of another stupid thing she said, another inaccurate thing that she said, an outright fraudulent thing that she said. And I thought it was very telling this past week where Nancy Pelosi came out um, and said um, they passed the resolution that was supposed to be condemning Representative Omar, our rep right here from Minnesota's 5th District, was supposed to be condemning her. By the time the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi got done with everything, it was so broad, nobody had any idea what it even stood for, but it certainly didn't come down hard on Representative Omar, and that's the part that made me angry. Nancy Pelosi made an excuse for Representative Omar, and she said Representative Omar is not anti sematic. She has a different experience in the use of words, which is just an astonishing thing for somebody to say about a sitting member of the House of House of Representatives. This past week, a political reporter uh, did an interview with Representative Omar and she bashed him and she came out and said, this is so ridiculous that he distorted her comments. So she actually released the tape of the Politico interview. And guess what? It proves everything that he said she said she really did say. And I'm having a very difficult time with Representative Omar supposedly representing Minnesota or the 5th District of Minnesota, she seems so ungrateful and so anti-Semitic and so bigoted. And, and, and I am just so frustrated with her embarrassing the state of Minnesota. And a lot of people who live here, a lot of people who came here, a lot of people who immigrated here, uh, like Representative Omar, too many of us take for granted, <coughs> excuse me, take for granted the freedom that we have.
2: Oh boy, So you're going to make it in there. You're going to make it? You need, some, need a little water in there, a little coffee, a little iced tea, a little green tea? What's going on?
0: <laughs> I have these, been, these
2: politicians got you so worked I've up. Been You've been screaming so much.
0: I've been sick all week. and. I think I'm finally over the hump, and then I get all wound up, and now I'm going to cough again.
2: Yeah, it never helps when you get wound up and start screaming at these politicians. That never helps. But, you know, we're almost done here, so <laughs> y- you're in the home stretch <laughs> still. You kind of put me on the spot here, too, and I know you warned me a little I bit did, earlier. I but did warn you there's about There's just so that much earlier. stupid stuff out there, and they just keep taking more of our money, and it's just endless it's and we yep, do a thing a thing it's, on our show about that we call it get kuda going and i bring oh, up little topics i
0: wanted to hear that i'll
2: play it for you after the show but he's he just puts it in uh real simple terms but i think there's a lot of minnesotans out there feeling the same way about just taxed here and taxed there and everywhere and you never get nothing back in return
0: nope you know nope. they tell you what a great state you live in and it is a great state but you know what the bottom line is your money goes further somewhere else all right i'm gonna live now um, I would like to point out, uh, this past week it came out. Trump has added 90 judges to the federal courts, including 54 district court judges, 34 circuit court judges, and two Supreme Court justices. And I believe there is more on the way. Donald Trump issued his first presidential veto this week, and I say good. Uh, it was about his Declaring a national emergency and he had said we are a nation of immigrants. We are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws that we have seen in recent years and we must do more to stop it every single day something comes out talking about some immigration crisis or not, whether it's sanctuary cities, it's the rush on the border, the the drugs, the disease, the trafficking, the rape, the murder, all these things that are happening on, happening on the border. No one's done anything about it. There was no outrage at all by the Democrats when Obama's um, deferred action executive order happened, and this is along those same, Lines. And you have to ask yourself if Congress is if Congress constitutionally granted the president the power over 40 years ago, how is it unconstitutional that he is invoking that power? I am I am so thankful that he vetoed this. I'm also waiting for the Mueller investigation, which will never find collusion because you can't find any that didn't exist in the in the first place. And I wanted to tell you, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is now. Oh, this is so sad, people. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, the crazy lady out of out of New York, is more well known than Chief Justice John Roberts. Cory Booker or Amy Klobuchar, isn't that crazy? I also uh, next week we're going to talk about socialism because if a Democrat wins in 2020, it will be such a huge loss, huge loss for freedom and religion, and we just have to put a stop to um, to the lack to them crushing our individual rights and to making us part of a giant. Uh, collective controlled by big government, folks. I've just, I've just had it. I'm so tired of all of it. I'm growing weary of the Democrats. Weary, weary, weary. So we believe we're on with the full show again next week. Yep. But like Stan says, it's day to day. To be de- so, determined. To be determined. We'll keep you posted. I think March will get us through it. And everyone, happy St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. We'll, we're all Irish, so yay. Wear wear your green. See you next week, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.